Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash I do. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. We have a really great show today. It was probably one of my favorites on sexuality. 
had a lot of great ones, but uh, we welcome Dr. Judy Scheel, and she is a trained human sexuality and sex therapy expert, um, trained at NYU, and also maintains a blog called Sex as a Language on Psychology Today, and has private practice in North Carolina and New York. And we really focus today's conversation on building sexual intimacy. And she gives some really great specific tips to become more sexually connected and intimate with your partner. Yeah. These tips I think are super valuable to actually do uh, implement in the relationship, something that we're going to have to definitely do going forward. And don't worry if you can't write them all down or remember them while, while you're listening to the show, we'll have a link in the show notes where you can download a free PDF uh, to get those five tips or, or five practices. Yeah. Really great exercise uh, from Masters and Johnson that uh, Judy shares with us. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy today's show. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Judy. Thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Good morning. Today, we're going to talk about sexual intimacy in the relationship. So I think we all know what sex is and we know what relationships are. But sexual intimacy is a bit of a gray area, and and I'm not quite sure exactly what that means to me. Maybe we could start with having you define what that looks like in a relationship. Sure. Uh, first, let me kind of uh, kind of separate this out a little. So, um, so roughly uh, about twenty percent of our time is spent with sex, in bed, having sex. So, you know, that's kind of the, 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 the hard fact about it, right? However, sexual intimacy kind of permeates throughout the relationship, um, uh, uh, it, to say 80%, but, but, but per- permeates the relationship in all, in all facets all day long. So it's how we connect, it's how we move, it's how we breathe, um, how fluid is the relationship. And so when we look at sexual intimacy, we often look at intimacy in general and tied to that often is communication. So sometimes I simply say, look, if a couple um, is not talking um, about emotional things in general, chances are they're not talking about sexual intimacy um, either. So they're very much tied together. So, for instance, a couple may come to meet with me for communication issues and lo and behold, um, or for intimacy issues, or that they don't understand each other or they're not getting along. And I find that there's 
the parallel track. Okay, so tell me about your sex life. Well, you know, we're, we're you know, we're, we're not communicating there either. Or they come in for um, sex uh, communication and we find out, you know, they're not having a, a, a good sex life and we find out that, in fact, they're really not having a an open um, or communicative, intimate relationship in other ways. And what I, I mean by that is that, you know, just as sex is tied to emotion, passion, excitement, joy, pleasure, um, uh, anxiety, so are uh, relationships. Are you talking about what makes you angry? Are you talking about what makes you anxious? Are you able to communicate exactly what it is that you need and how you feel? And then to parallel that with the bedroom, are you asking for what you need specifically sexually? Are you having those kinds of conversations? So um, intricately, they're tied, even though the sex act yeah, itself is, uh, you know, is a separate entity as is our, you know, daily life. I love this. And it has me thinking evolutionarily or biologically, why is that, that sex parallels the relationship? Like they're intertwined. I'm thinking like they're both so vulnerable. Can we pin that down a little bit? Yeah, that's a wonderful statement. So let me kind of back up with, you know, I'm going to kind of frame it in a psychoanalytic theory and then what's called relationship theory, object relation theory, attachment theory, which came. So, okay, so we got Freud, right, who said that we're this bundle of drive, which is that we have sexual and aggressive energy, libido, and we need to find, this is what's early Freud, Freud, we need to find people in which to um, use, in a sense, um, to get our drives released. To, to convey our sexual energy, to convey uh, uh, um, uh, our aggressive energy. Um, and even Freud later on began to see that, and, and certainly we needed to do that within a socialized way, right? We're not animals, so we can't just um, pick up our legs, uh, you know, guys and pee on a tree, right? You know, um, and <laughs> you, you can't just say, oh, I want that sexual partner and have sex in public, right? Animals do that. So we are higher beings and evolved, and we had to learn how to, um, because of our brains, to tame those sexual drives. And so Freud originally said, so we, what do we do? We need relationship in order to find a socially um, applicable way in which for us to find connection. Now, that's the key word, connection. Freud then, and later people, what came out of Freud, out of Britain originally, the United States, what's called the object relations people, who said, uh-uh, it's not just about release of drugs. It's that we also crave love. We also, just as much as we have sexual needs, we have needs of love. That love is primary and period, proper. We seek love. So, when we tie those together, you know, they make this beautiful, if we can get there, this beautiful mix of finding a partner in whom to love and also having the container and the, the being of going through life with someone who is safe, um, who can handle all our emotional ups and downs, particularly when we feel angry, um, and can help us through those times um, and can satisfy us sexually and who also brings us pleasure, right? That's again tied to Freud, but also brings us joy. And joy is the one that's tied to love. So yes, evolutionary, we are prone toward that as, you know, we, we are no longer kind of creatures of the, although in some senses we still are, but we've had to learn to hone and tame um, those drives and needs. And of course, then move them into what is also 
necessary and primary and proper, just like our beating hearts, which is the need uh, to, to love and uh, to give love and be loved. Love that explanation. And obviously it, it's super complex and we could really get into the weeds, but. Oh, and I just wanted to just, you know, that sounds so simple, right? And it's amazing. I mean, it is, it's very pure, right? That is very pure. Those two states of being, the drive and the need to love are very pure, but it is amazing how we jumble it up and mess it up and defend against it and fight tooth and nail to keep it from happening or use all those needs in a destructive rather than constructive way. Absolutely. That's why relationships are so hard. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about how we can foster more sexual intimacy in the relationship. And I thought maybe it'd be an interesting place to start at if there is sort of a natural level of sexual connection based on people's backgrounds. And some are going to have to work on it more than others. To me, that's an intuitive feeling. And either way, it's going to require work. But is there like a natural sexual connection that you think we have between uh, individuals? Yes. And one would hope, again, that's the pure state, uh, you know, that um, that being drawn to someone because they're attractive to you. Now, this is, again, where the complication comes in. And I and so, like, I, I have these, these discussions somewhat regularly. Okay, you may be drawn to him or her, and that's good. But what are you seeking? Are you seeking relationship? And therefore, that calls upon you something different to bring into the first date, let's say. Are you looking for sex? Okay, so then if that's clear, then that's the purpose of the engagement. But people get that confused. So, you know, they'll, and it's fine, you know, so they'll go into a situation, they'll have sex on the first day, and they may wind up getting married down the, the road, you know, so be it. But I think that we confuse sex often with intimacy. And so, you know, and I have said, what would it be like if you're really looking for someone to be close to, that you notice, oh, I am attracted to this person because you're going to need that in the relationship, right? But I'm going to suspend that because I need to get to know, does this person excite me in other ways? Are they compatible with me? And that's the, the, that's the more difficult process. And that's what we have gotten so far away from. And, you know, Tinder makes that very easy. And again, there's nothing wrong with saying, oh, I, can I don't want to have sex. So I'm going to look for somebody to go out and have sex with. But we've lost the skill or the ability to connect with someone in a more uh, relationally intimate way. In a sense, sex has made it easy for us to throw the relationship out. So, yes, that initial attraction is um, uh, imperative in a sense, right, because you want to be drawn to your partner. However, let's take the person who doesn't really have a clue. They're such a bundle of anxiety and or they have such low self-esteem that they're just more interested in, in finding somebody who, who wants them. And so they miss all the cues. Am I attracted to this person? Because it doesn't really exist because they're so desperately and they're trying to be wanted that they can't even quite figure out, well, what do I want? And so therapeutically, if that person came to me, I would start figuring out, helping them figure out like, who are they and what's and who's really going to sing to them and kind of get at underneath the, the low self-worth that, yes, it's about being wanted, but not just being wanted by anyone. And that's 
part of, again, we take the departure. That's, again, what sex can provide. Well, somebody wants me. But, you know, what is what is really embedded in that? Is it because you want sex and you're aroused? Okay, fine. Or is it because you're lonely and feel unwanted? And so you're turning to sex to get somebody to want you. And in fact, when you peel back all the layers, if you spend enough time with that person, they would say, you know, I didn't even like that person or I wasn't even attracted to them, but they wanted me. So. Sex becomes then a very easy way to, to back end a relationship, right? And again, there's nothing wrong with that. People, as I said, you get married after, you know, initial hookups. Um, but it's often a way to avoid um, anything further. Sex is not as intimate an act as it is to emotionally be close to someone. It's very complex because our emotions are tied into this physical drive that we're not really thinking about necessarily and they're intertwined and so i don't want to say we're all a victim of it but in a sense we we are we can be influenced by our biology by that drive you see an attractive person and you're like i want to have sex with them and some people it may be in order to have that, they need to have an emotional connection or some, it's just physical initially. And then there's all different variety and, uh, but understanding what's going on can be valuable. So let's talk about we're with a partner and we want to create more sexual intimacy with them. What are some things we can do to feel more connected sexually? Well, I think, you know, one of the classic, and it's actually Masters and Johnson created uh, what's called Sensate Focus, and they are simple, beautiful techniques. There's a, a series of five of them. So um, people who have had no real connection to the other person's body, right? You know, they'll just jump in and have sex. The, the, the stages go something like this. So, so the initial exercise is, I think, 15 or 20 minutes um, that um, you, there's no touching of genitals. If a couple lay together um, and that one partner initiates first um, and doesn't touch, for instance, if, a, if it's a heterosexual couple and the man is initiating first, um, he will not touch um, the woman's breast, anus, or genitals and just touch her skin, her face her body, her feet, her legs, and, and, and think about how he is feeling by touching her skin, her being. And for the woman to feel, what does that feel like to, um, to have my body touched, not in a sexual way? And so the exercise stops. You know, you say if you get aroused, you know, stop. This, the initial phase one is not about sex. And then the woman does it to the man. How does it feel to touch his knees, his his neck, his his nose, his eyes? Um, and how then does the man feel? Um, and then they come back into the session and they talk about that. That's about getting to know someone um, intimately, physically. And then stage two inc includes the genitals, um, touching without, you know, it's kind of hard to avoid arousal sometimes, but you tell the couple, try and avoid arousal. And for some couples, they come in and no way, no how is that going to arouse them because they've never really had sex anyway. So uh, then you have to proceed, you know, so stage two isn't going to be a problem. For other couples, you know, it, it, it will. And then it progresses 
through the, the stages to stage five where there's a full sexual, where they're having sex. And so they're talking, they're coming and talking about how that felt. And then as you get closer, you know, down the road, again, sex is just a language. It, for me, it's as, you know, as, and I've said to patients, for me, it's like talking about, you know, what vegetables did you buy at the market? It, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very significant and, and important, but it's, it's words. And if we can get the anxiety out of it and the taboo out of it, it can become a very beautiful, natural way to unearth this. So then when we get to the more detail of it, which is okay. So she didn't like when you penetrated her, uh, hitting the right side. So can you shift to the left a little, a little bit? And I'm, I'm talking about, you know, very detail here and, can the woman, for instance, say, I like when you perform oral sex in this way? Oftentimes, couples are not saying that to each other. They feel embarrassed for asking, particularly women that, you know, that their sexual needs are somehow to remain um, um, uh, quiet or repressed. Um, and so they're not saying, I like it better when you do this. And men are the same thing. You know, they're not saying or thinking that they can see their partner um, in an other than just loving way, that they can ask for um, more playful sex or more dominant sex if the man uh, wants the woman to be dominant or, you know, again, well, you know, porn has changed the focus of everything, right? And we've got a whole host of other issues concerning that in terms of how that then is translated into the bedroom um, and, and more detrimentally than positively. However, you know, some of those things that are watched in porn can happen in the bedroom in a very safe and protective way. And people often feel ashamed or guilty. And that's the parallel life for, okay, so you're not talking about that intimately in bed. Are you talking also about, you know, when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling lonely, or when you're feeling stressed, can you turn to your partner and have them understand um, and respond to you in a way that feels like you are being taken care of and given to. And that's uh, that's where you can see more of the parallel. We love these specific tools, but I got to ask you, what are steps three and four? Um, they um, involve sex. Um, they involve um, communication about sex. Um, they um, involve um, uh, communicating during the process. So, so step two is um, genitals, but no arousal. Step three involves arousal. Step four and five are about actual sex. So Perfect. They, they go um, in line like that. And sometimes you have to just do step one over and over and over because the couple is so disengaged for whatever reason. They, um, you know, they, they, they felt compelled to marry. They didn't really, um, they had, uh, you know, so many repressive messages in childhood. One was abused. Um, uh, the, the woman got pregnant and so they never really, you know, and then they got married. So they never really developed their sex life. Um, for, so you may have to stay with step one for quite some time or step two, depending. You sort of like go up and down. Um, based on how the couple's flow of their communication and intimacy go. Can you expand? You mentioned a little bit about porn and how now it can be more detrimental to certain relationships. Can you expand a little bit on that and how it's affecting certain relationships? Let's take a break to talk about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Away Travel. So I am super excited about my new Away suitcase. Sorry, Chase. I know you like it, but it's all mine and I'm not sharing. 
Yes, Sarah <laughs> made that very clear. I did. I'll just get my own. I did. Because it's pretty awesome. It is. So as many of you know, Chase and I travel a lot, and that means we go through a lot of suitcases. Well, not anymore. Sarah's new away carry-on. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Sarah's is lightweight and has a durable shell that's made to last a lifetime of travel. It comes with a limited lifetime warranty, which means they'll fix or replace your bag if it ever gets damaged. So I am totally geeking out right now about all the amazing benefits that my new carry-on has. So listen to these. A built-in compression pad to help you pack more. Uh, Yes. I'm always like spilling out over my bag. You definitely (laughs) need to pack more clothes. I know. I I have a problem. (laughs) But this compression pad will help me. I know it. (laughs) An optional ejectable battery to keep your phone charged. Who doesn't need that? My phone is always dying right before we fly. (laughs) A removable laundry bag to separate dirty clothes from clean clothes. I don't know about you, but I always store my dirty clothes all in like one corner of my suitcase. I use like a garbage bag, but this sounds much better. Sounds way better. A TSA approved combination lock so it keeps all your belongings safe. Why have we not had a suitcase before with a lock? Yeah. Now we do. Well, now you do. Now we I'll do. I'll be getting mine soon. <laughs> well, there are all those benefits and so much more. So try it out with their 100-day trial. Take any non-personalized item on the road, and if you don't love it, send it back for a full refund. There's really no risk here, no. guys. And for $20 off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com slash I do and use promo code I do during checkout. That's awaytravel.com slash I do and use promo code I do during checkout. Today's episode is also sponsored by our course, Spark My Relationship. We started I Do Podcast to get information to improve our own relationship. We thought at the very least we'll be able to do that and then to share it with our listeners. The guests are great and we've gotten a ton of valuable information, but we found that if we don't actually deliberately take the time to implement the strategies and tools that our guests give us, we weren't seeing the real lasting benefits that we desired in our relationship. And that's why we created the Spark My Relationship course. We've collaborated with 15 psychologists and therapists to create a comprehensive relationship course that not only teaches you the skills needed to create a successful and lasting relationship, but the tools to execute it. By enrolling in the online course, you'll have access to the same strategies and tools that marriage therapists teach their clients, including therapist-taught video lessons with workbooks and exercises to help you work towards accomplishing your relationship goals in less than 90 days. You'll also learn how to detox unhelpful relationship habits and learn healthy ways to interact. You'll learn how to disagree respectfully and communicate mindfully, as well as how to improve intimacy and reignite your sex life and so much more. Spark My Relationship isn't just a course for struggling couples. It's a course for couples who want to see their relationship flourish. If this is you, then you are a perfect fit for the course. So for a special offer for our I Do Podcast listeners, head over to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Again, for 30% off the course, 
plus special bonuses just for I Do Podcast listeners. Visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Well, I think, you know, because porn is so fast and so accessible, right? So I think I heard something that kids are watching close to 50 hours of porn a week. Can you imagine? I mean, that's like 50? Yes. 50, five, zero. Oh my goodness. Five, five, zero. That would be, with the, yes. Um, and so it is so um, uh, compelling. And on the one hand, right, it's, um, it's affecting dopamine and that's the surge, right? We live in a, in a world that is tremendous stress and, um, you know, it is a way to, um, to get the, that pleasure surge, right? And so again, we have to talk in a grander way about long-term joy and pleasure, um, and not a quick fix society, right? Which is what we live in. But porn is a very quick fix and it's a quick way to excitement. Um, just like, oh, I'm not hungry, but, but I'm going to eat that piece of cake because it'll make me feel good real fast. So porn provides that on the one hand. It's a, it's a fast dopamine surge. It also, because of the rapidity, the, the, the volume of it, the rapidity at which somebody can flip. Okay, well, I like that sex, that, but you know, it's uh, I'm I'm noticing my arousal dipping a little. So let me look at that one. Let me look at that one, and let me look at that one. And so that's kind of a composite, right? And so the person may masturbate and and have um, an orgasm, but it's to a variety of sexual acts in that one um, masturbatory experience. Loving. Having sex with one person is not that. One, you know, you're talking about a real person with, you know, with, with um, um, staying connected to that one person, that one person's body being intimate. Um, and it, um, if that surge, if that excitement then gets linked to porn, it makes it harder than to link it back to that one person. Um, because you can't just flip the person and say, you know, next, next, next. Um, and so the disengagement um, that we're so, uh, oftentimes, you know, and there's nothing wrong with going into a fantasy when you're having sex. Sometimes, you you know, the goal in, in sexual therapy is in part to try the best is to try and get people to look at each other and to and to experience each other's body and to love so deeply that the orgasm in part comes out of that profound love. Right. But that's not always how it works. That's unre- that's, you know, unrealistic on, uh, you know, on any given, you know, to expect that 100 percent of the time. So dipping into fantasy is not a bad thing. But when there is such disengagement, because that is the only way then it becomes to have sex is to um, uh, is to shift to pornographic images or to um, to have maintain erection. Uh, oftentimes in sex, because of watching too much porn, a man can't get maintain an erection in a real situation. And so it it just deteriorates a relationship. So what I try to do is, okay, how much porn is being watched? Can that be reduced? Can porn be integrated into the relationship? Um, can you do it, to, you know, watch porn together? Um, uh, there are ways, you know, nothing is all or nothing, right? So sex is a part of our life um, as much as eating is a part of our life. We, we, we crave it, we need it, it's pleasurable, and it's life-affirming and, and sustaining, and it's love. Um, so you work with what is, but you also have to accept that because of 
the 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 variety and the inundation of it that it has taken us once again out of that connectedness. So it's like neon, right? You know, again, in this very quick fix culture we live in, that it's easy to to shop for a shiny, you know, new whatever car, pair of shoes, um, than it is to sit home and spend time with your partner or to, um, you know, enjoy each other's company. And that's the te- always the temptation. Um, and yet. You know, as long as we are human beings, we are going to crave um, intimacy and love and relationship. And yet we, we fight in every which way to try and avoid that through some kind of external exogenous way um, to, to deal with those internal states. How can porn be effectively used in a relationship? Oh, it's, it can be training like, oh, I didn't know you can do that. Or, yeah, I was too embarrassed to ask for that. Or would you like if I did that? Or, uh, you know, let's um, let's do role play. Um, I would love that. I would love if you, you know, um, if we enacted a scene um, that's on porn, I would love if you could. um uh, you know, be more caveman. I would love if you would say um, certain things to me um, that would turn me on. Um, um, uh, uh, that um, oh yes, it's okay that you're getting excited and aroused by watching that woman's body, or it's okay that you're getting turned on by watching that man, um, uh, you know, uh, the erection and and him penetrating the woman in a very, very, very committed and loving and open and trusting relationship couples um, who enjoy sex and have been ashamed to talk about their needs or ashamed to say, yes, I watch porn um, or, um, or in other ways where um, there has been a, a breach in the relationship and there's been an affair or a wish for an affair. Um, it's a way to bring in that, look, life is long. Being a couple um, is, a, is a long time. And if couples want monogamy, it's even harder sometimes. Um, and so if you can talk about these things and find ways in which to um, integrate and allow your, to you know, and allow the reasonableness of, yeah, that body's hot and that body's hot, um, th- then it makes, it, it can strengthen the couple. That's very different, right, than the couple who are out in public and he's cruising other women and she's cruising other men, right? That's not, um, within the sanctity of the relationship of the respect and the trust. Unless, of course, the couple comes to an agreement, okay, you know, we are going to do this. We're going to go and we want to pick up somebody and have a threesome, let's just say, right? Um, and not that I'm recommending that. I think that under some very specific circumstances, some couples can do that. But that where there is an acknowledgement that we are sexual creatures, um, and that it doesn't, the, the primary focus of the relationship is the maintenance of the safety, the trust, the integrity, the respect, the honesty, the love um, of that relationship. And in order to do that, it commands of us, um, uh, uh, it commands of us honesty within that relationship and that utmost, because that is love, right? And that utmost love implies all those things. And those are the goals that, that particularly in sexual therapy that, that uh, we reach for, is to get that couple to that profound place of trust and being loved and loving and feeling safe um, with that other person on all levels. Amen. I think <laughs> there's so much good in there because especially, you know, in Western societies, we have so much sexual repression built in to 
us from an early age, whether, you know, it's from our parents or those around us in culture. And it feels dangerous and scary to talk about sex, even with your most intimate partner to say that you think someone else is attractive. Some people that might be like the end of the world to them if their partner tells them that when really it's just a very natural thing to feel in open and honest communication. And suddenly I feel like if you're liberated in that way to communicate openly with your partner in a productive manner, then you're going to be more intimate with them. You're going to have a better connection. You're going to have better sex and in a better relationship. Yeah. Yes. And for the, and for the most part, you know, people don't want to feel, you know, to feel, um, um, hampered, you know, you think about, let me put it positively, that when you have that with someone, the joy and the, um, the, the safety again, just, just increases and the desire to, um, to be together, um, and, and the, 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 the love and the sexual desire then increases because then it's like, look what I have in front of me. And the choice is then very clear. And that takes a lot. So you give us the five steps to create more intimacy. And I love that because they're very specific things we can do. And can you remind our listeners and, and Sarah and I, the name of those steps, where it comes from? Yes. Um, it's Masters and Johnson, you know, uh, uh, created it. And it's called Sensate Focus. Um, F-E-N-S-A-T-E focus, uh, and they can Google, uh, get the exercises online. I think that they're, um, they're not copyrighted. I think that they're easily available. Um, you know, that's, that's one very specific way. Um, you know, the, the other, there are all different kinds of techniques. You know, what, what can you, um, give your partner a shower or, or a bath or, um, you know, what would it feel like, you know, if you're turned on by, um, by porn, by stripping, can you, you know, how does it feel if your, uh, you, you, your partner got, um, um, had a, a strip tease for you? And there are classes, you know, that, that people can take now, um, and introduce it into the relationship. How would you feel about buying your wife or your girlfriend? Of sexy and sensual underwear, so you 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 bring it in, and so for some people it's a resurrection. Well, did you do that before? Yes. Well, what what would it feel like to do? Well, you know, kids, you know, reintroduce it. And for some people, no, we've never done that. Um, and yet you watch, you know, porn because that's where you you get that from. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? But can you? How would it feel if you started to do that for your wife? Um, or for your husband that, you know, he came home. So there are these things that people say, no, you know, well, how's that? Fun? And yet when people do them, they find that the, that the pleasure um, is there and that the excitement and the interest is there. Sometimes though, it takes, you've got to do the couples therapy work in order to get there because they have so much anger and resentment um, or frustration um, from issues that have nothing to do with sex that they can't really pave the way to get to sex, right? And sometimes it's just the opposite, which is, okay, we're going to do the behavioral work first and then see what happens, right? So um, can we put you in a situation where you're going to have sex and then let's talk about um, what emerged from, from that. So it depends. You have to go back and forth. 
But typically, when a couple is so far apart, the last thing that you want to talk about is sex, um, 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 even though the couple may have come in and said, you know, we stopped having sex two years ago and I want to have sex. But and the, and the man or woman says, but we haven't communicated and I've been angry about this, this, this and this. And then you have to tease out, well, what you know, what can you offer um, to them that can be a bridge. And maybe it's not sex or maybe it is. Okay, can let's talk about what caused the um, the disengagement. And then you get to see, do you have to really deal with the hurt and the injury or can you move them a little bit forward and say, all right, let's behaviorally try to shake this up a little bit um, and, and see what comes of it. Um, it. It's very unique. It's not a prescription. And that's why understanding kind of more psychodynamic theory, which includes psychoanalytic, object relations, you know, all the relationship theories, attachment theory, um, and and uh, the other side, which is the cognitive behavioral stuff, which is the more contemporary stuff, that you need to know both so you know when to apply what, so you get an understanding as root causes, while at the same time offering couples, um, you know, behavioral uh, ways to make the changes. You know, from an analytic perspective, you can't cure the symptom just by talk. You've got to do the behavior. And the behaviorist will say, well, we may not need to understand the root cause as long as you're um, going to cognitively make the shifts about, you know, um, changing your thinking and changing the behavior. I think that works to a degree. We certainly need it. You must do that. But I do think that understanding um, what caused this is a greater um, way toward intimacy because that's toward the resolution of the internal states, the psychological ones, and the matters of the heart. So many great things to think about, Judy. And we really love these five specific tips. I think everyone should address the underlying issues. And obviously, it can be very complex, but these five steps seem like a, a great exercise. And before we wrap up, are there any other exercises or anything that we might have skipped over that you can share with our listeners on building sexual intimacy? Yes, I would start with couples. What brought you together? Um, remember, you know, I mean, it's harder to do when a couple was were brought together and there really wasn't a connection in the first place. And that's a little tricky because then you don't know if one can be built. But you do try to get back to what was life like before children? What was life like when you met? What was it about the other person that excited you, that interested you, that made you decide that this is who I want to spend my life with? And, you 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 know, it's there. You have to resurrect it and make it the priority again because that's the most, that's going to be the most sustaining throughout life in terms of relationally. Um, so, um, I would, I would, um, absolutely, you know, focus on, on that piece of it. That is a, a great question to ask ourselves and a great place to wrap up. Judy, thank you so much for coming on the show for all this great information. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye. Um, well, I write a, a blog, two blogs actually for psychology today, one on sex and one on eating disorders. Um, so they can find me there. Um, I have a website, uh, Judy she- Dr. Judy Shield, no period, drjudyshield.com. Um, uh, that's the best place. That's the easiest place to, to get a hold of me. Great. Well, we'll have uh, those links on our show notes page at idpodcast.com. And thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much. This was lovely. I appreciate it. And thank you for your, your interest and the way you framed the questions. They made it very easy for me. 
Hi guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, We are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our flagship course, Spark My Relationship, we hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week you were listening to a pleasure podcast For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.